everybody. This is Opposing a Matrix, and we are on tonight. Hopefully, we're sounding pretty good. I am going to turn the um, chat room on just in case, because uh, we have some a uh, couple of ladies that like to let us know how we sound. And uh, anyway, uh, today is the uh, what is it? It's the 26th of October already. My goodness. Uh, I'm, I'm one of those people that's kind of glad that 2020 is almost gone because uh, it's, it's been one heck of a year uh, in many, many ways in all of our lives. And uh, I just want to extend greetings to Brian and to Eric. Hi, guys. Hey, how you doing? Hey. Hi, Dave. Hey, it looks like we're, we're coming in loud and clear and without crackle or crinkle or whatever it was that we were having a couple of weekends ago. And I got on uh, and did an apology show to our audience. But, uh, again, I apologize uh, for a couple of weeks ago when we had uh, uh, Russ Tanner and Laura Clement on. And uh, and it sounded like we were uh, going through uh, some kind of ultrasonic uh, meteor shower or something. <laughs> it sounded. It was terrible. Um, so that having been said, uh, we're going to march on forward. Um uh, I'm telling you guys, it was, it was so disheartening that day. And I have never felt, um, like an anxiety or a depression after a show like I did after that show because we worked so hard for it and we, we did so well. Everybody did so well in that show, you know, and just, um, Russ talking about chemtrails and other things and Laura talking about the herbs and remedies and, and, and us, talking with them and ask bouncing questions off of them. And then all of a sudden have that happen. It was like, you know, it, it was like, I, I, I listened to that and I went, that's it. I give up. But uh, I want to thank you guys because, you know, I talked both with both of you and uh, you helped to spur me on and, and thank the Lord, of course, uh, because he helped to spur me on too. Um, but uh, there, there's nothing worse than it's, it's, <laughs> there's a joke the other day, guys. And it was, um, uh, uh, who's it? Michelangelo. Uh, why, why was Michelangelo yelling? Because the Pope yelled out, we need a second coat, uh, you know, on a Sistine Chapel. And, uh, and, and I kind of felt like that, you know. Uh, so enough of my feelings. Uh, we, we have to get into a, what's, what's going to be a very interesting show tonight because we have uh, uh, a, a political scene coming up here that uh, beforehand is going to be very interesting during during this time uh, of, of the election or the voting, it's going to be very interesting. And afterwards, only the Lord knows what's going to happen. Um, uh, we'll talk about uh, all three phases. And uh, I went and voted today. Both um, Barbara and I went and voted today. So, you know, we, we feel like we've accomplished what we had to do. And, um, and it was nice and refreshing to see that at the Lynn County Courthouse, they actually had um, polling stations set up, so you could actually go there and vote if you wanted to. Um, something I've never seen before, uh, which was really nice, actually. So, um, gentlemen, um, uh, we're going to talk tonight about uh, some precursors to what's going on. Um, uh, what we might think is, is going to happen, what uh, maybe Scripture says uh, is in store for us. And, um, and, and, and things like that. So, um, first of all, uh, I think we should probably extend a congratulations to our new Supreme Court Justice, Amy, um, who's going to be sworn in probably in about, uh, 
18 minutes from now. Yeah, she was already confirmed, I know. So, And it's uh, Hillary Clinton's birthday, by the way, today, guys. So oh, let's give a shout-out to her. Hillary. <laughs> so that was all... That was all perfectly timed. So, <laughs> birthday. Uh, the gift that keeps on. And you know what? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we're we're not done yet. Nope. We're nope. Supreme Court justices. Yeah. So, no. hold on and, to your hats, folks, because there's more coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. I gotta. You know, um, we were having a very incredible conversation before this all before the show went on. And uh, Brian, you were sharing with us a, a story about something that happened, I think, today, down in uh, California, spelled with a K. Uh, so, what exactly happened down there that uh, got you all excited and, and gave you hope? Well, I live in, well, as you know, California is very liberal. Um, it's the, probably the, one of the states that's the leading liberal state in the country, next to New York State, and uh, where I live. Nobody has a Trump sign. Nobody has a sticker. Nobody has a hat with Trump because you would get harassed or your car would get keyed or something like that. And I live on the coast in Redondo Beach. Um, it's about 35, 40 minutes south of LAX if you want to get a bearing. So if you got out of the airport, you went to the water, you drive down the main, uh, the coast highway, it's about 30 minutes. And so there's all these beach cities along there, Hermosa Beach, Manhattan Beach, uh, Venice Beach, very, very liberal, super liberal cities. And I'm standing out in a parking lot near a Starbucks in Redondo Beach, and I hear all these cars honking their horns and blowing their horns. And I said to this couple, um, is it a wedding? And they said, no, it's a Trump parade. I go, What? And so they go, yeah, and they've been there 30 minutes and had gone on for 30 minutes and it was still going on. And so I got over closer to Pacific Coast Highway, which is the main coastal highway. It's two lanes uh, on each side. So it's, it's a pretty large highway. It's a main thoroughfare for this part of the, of the valley down here. And um, for about two hours or maybe longer, uh, one after another of another car or truck or minivan with Trump supporters, with flags. Uh, it looked like it reminded me of a high school parade after a high school game of a big win. That's what it kind of reminded me of. Um, just it was just I don't want to exaggerate, but it went on for over two hours, maybe three. So there uh, and I, I finally I one of the guys stopped at a, a light that's in the parade in the, you know, and I go, I, I didn't know it was so many Trump supporters. I thought there was just me and a third. He goes, no, he goes, there's tens of thousands of us and we've been quiet. We, he goes, we're the, um, the quiet majority, but we're not anymore. We are taking our state back and uh, we are letting the liberals know and the Democrats know that their state has more Trump supporters than they thought. And uh, and he, he went on, I think I described you guys, and he said that we're taking the state back. We're tired of Gavin Newsom. We're tired of these liberal laws. He, he said some other things. And I go, how many are in this parade? He goes, thousands of cars. He goes, I go, really? He goes, yeah, thousands of cars. It's miles and miles and miles long. And, and it was. I stood there for another 15 minutes videotaping 
and then I had to go somewhere. I actually got in line with them, and I drove another couple of miles down the road with them, and it was just I couldn't see the, the front. I couldn't see the back. There were so many. And so it was very encouraging, and I hope anybody that's listening realizes that I think this election's going to be a landslide for Trump. And I think the worst thing the Democrats could have done this whole summer was allow the riots. That I think, uh, I think the election would have been closer, but he still would have won. But now, uh, after seeing what I saw, I, I think it's going to be a landslide for Trump because um, people's businesses got burned, people got killed, and the whole Black Lives Matter movement uh, really hurt the Democrats, in my opinion. But it was really encouraging to see thousands of people, and they were all ages, by the way. Uh, there were different, all different races, ages. I mean, there were bikers. There, there was just, just regular people. There was just you could, guys in Mercedes Benz. These brand new cars are $150,000. I mean, Maseratis were in it. Ferraris were driving through it. Oh, wow. The flag, flags out the, the back of a, I don't know how he did it, but the guy hooked a flag on his Maserati. And, uh, <laughs> and so um, it was really encouraging. So, yeah, there was something similar to that in, um, in New York. Um, well, it was predominantly uh, Jews for Trump is what it was, actually. And uh, they were going everywhere as well in New York, uh, parading around. And interesting, um, there was a number of Twitter videos of, um, you know, violence being done against them, um, cars and them getting out of cars and getting, you know, attacked and all that stuff. And, um, yeah, some some people are very hateful, but it's good. It's good to see... Um, that people are rising up, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's, it's just important to see, you know. Definitely. And, and speaking of that, um, you know, one one news source that I used to really like, um, uh, but I don't I don't care to go too much anymore is the Drudge Report, um, because I think he's just becoming another one of the, the news outlets instead of being somebody special. Um, I first started watching or you know, looking at him when um, the whole Bill Clinton scandal came out with Monica Lewinsky. I think he was the one that broke that in the press. And uh, anyway, um, he has an article up here, or uh, one of the headlines is uh, Black Americans Fired Up Flocking to the Polls. And I'm like, yes, right on. You know, um, we've had shows before, Eric, you, you probably remember, where we were talking about um, – Black America and their and voting and and uh, how they've been in economic slavery all these years because of the Democrats have kept them there, um, and and you have people like Candace Owens and and some others that are getting out there and and just speaking the truth and trying to to tell the black constituents of this country, you know, hey, you know, you're being used, yeah, you know, you're 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 in economic slavery right now, and if you want to get out of it, you better vote Republican and. And it's, I think it's that and also that they, they see, and, we, and I think I did a show by myself, I can't remember if I did or not, but about the disenfranchi disenfranchisement of, uh, of black Americans because the, uh, the, uh, Democratic Party has dropped them like you would drop a hot potato 
in lieu of uh, taking favor to uh, Latinos and illegal aliens, for the most part. I I don't want to uh, demonize Latinos. There's a lot of wonderful Latinos out there, and and they've come to this country legally, just like all of our our ancestors did. But um, the the Democrats have taken up their cause uh, with the, uh, the, the young people that have, I can't remember the name of it, but they were born here and uh, is it DACA? I think that's the name of it. Um, uh, you know, they were born here uh, to to uh, illegal parents. So being born here, they're, they're anchor babies, basically. And I understand that law is, is, is in the process of being changed. Uh, that law, that amendment was written to uh, basically enforce that uh, people that were brought over as slaves and their ancestors would be American citizens. Um uh, not that any Tom, Dick, or Harry uh, that comes in from another country could just come here and claim that they're American citizens. So um, anyway, so there's a lot of hope, man. Today, the news has just been filled with hope with this judge being confirmed and and some of the other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian, your report there. Um, and, uh, you know, Eric, you're telling us about certain things that are happening back east, uh, uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and all those other states. And, um and uh, I, I, I get a real kick out of it because – and it almost works. It almost works with me, these polling numbers, you know. Oh, yeah, well, Trump's going to lose. Biden's going to win. You know, I, I hear about the blue wave. Yeah. And, uh, when when yeah. Trump wins, all these pollsters, their businesses are going to be obsolete. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Because right. it's one thing they got it wrong in 2016, but if they get this wrong right. again, yeah, they're done. most of them are done. Uh huh. No, well, no one will listen to him. I wrote on Facebook the other day. I said the other day. I said, you know, you you people that are are Democrats and are voting for Biden. I says, you know, in, in California, and I always spell it with a K, and that infuriates people. I don't know why, but um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I always and I wrote. I says, you know, we we up here in Oregon, you know, we might be a liberal state for now. I said, but uh, we cut down a lot of trees to make a lot of tissues paper, so. Um, you know, you better start stocking up on Kleenex because you're going to be needing it for the next four years. So um, anyway, that, that would be my advice to anybody that's listening to this that's voting for Biden. If you think you got a snowball's chance in hell uh, of it happening fairly, then uh, I, I don't know what to tell you. You know, um, guys, if you run it through your your uh, through the scenarios, uh, the, what would happen if uh, they they took the election by fraud? Um, what might happen? And 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 Eric, especially because you uh, uh, have read Mark Taylor extensively, uh, is there any indication that maybe they might try to the, the Democrats might try to to steal the uh, election and um, it cause maybe a civil war? Well, I think the you know the mail-in ballot thing was part of it. The the biggest thing, um, you know, where they could cheat was through the electronic voting machines, which are the software that is in most of these are are is owned by a company that is actually owned by George Soros. But right. my understanding is that has been rectified and corrected in terms oh, of the cheating on good. the electronic voting machines. So that part's fixed. So uh-huh. I think what you'll actually end up seeing here is there are areas of the country where there are elected 
there's our elected officials that should have never been in office because right. of the fraud going on. Uh huh. But I do think, um, just looking at everything that I've been reading, is that there's actually historical turnout numbers happening right now across the country in early voting. Um, as back as far as 1908, I think is what this is going back to in terms of the amount of people voting. All kinds of re- records are being uh, shattered uh, in terms of um, that early vote. So something right. big is going on, and I don't I don't think the media and the um, and uh, you know the media and the pollsters um, truly understand what's kind of going on. I think it took. COVID, you know, something like COVID and the riots to really shake people up a little bit in terms of the how their elected officials have treated them through this entire thing. I mean, the difference between me living in South Dakota and, and you know, a person that lives in California and what you've been able to do in terms of freedom. I mean, we got people that are, are flocking to South Dakota now, um, moving here. We just I just had a cop. Uh, down the street from me, uh, moved out of California, took his family, moved out, got out. He said it wasn't safe anymore for his family. Right. Um, and I'm, to come from California to come to South Dakota, you know, you know, w- our winters are not easy, you know. No. Uh-uh. But it, it really, yeah. So, you know, we already had a little bit of shortage of real estate, and now we're really starting to have a shortage in real estate um, because of all these people that are trying to flee a lot of these. Uh, areas that have been very oppressive. You know, people can't open their businesses. They're not allowed to do this. They can't do that. Um, it's completely draconian. But here, you know, we have to exercise personal responsibility. Um, they'd like to wear the mask, but they can't enforce it. Our state constitution doesn't, you know, we can't mandate that we lock down or permit, we don't permit travel or anything like that. Or you can't, you know, you can't. You can have, only have so many people gathered together for Thanksgiving, you know, like California is doing. Try to do it to the people. I mean, people need to think about this. You know, they're they're trying to systematically test you to see how compliant you are uh, in being restricted and controlled. Um, I mean, if they can control your Thanksgiving, folks, you know, then the show is going to be over at that point in terms of what they want to do. So yeah. uh, people have, have to resist this. I'm not saying uh, certain people, you know, over age 60 should, you know, use some caution and stuff like that. I, I think they should, but I think um, at the end of the day, it's not the government's uh, responsibility to regulate, control our lives. Well, a good friend of mine down in California, he posted something on Facebook the other day and said, uh, only 10 people for Thanksgiving, but 30 for a funeral. He said, so I want to announce that, uh, the, the upcoming funeral of my pet, tur- my pet turkey, um, <laughs> services are going to be held on the 25th of, of November <laughs> and, and all are welcome to come and observe his life. <laughs> observe his <Good>. life. <laughs> so, That's wonderful. But, uh, wow. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's been, um, 
It's been pretty crazy up here. We're not as restricted as down in California. I mean, uh, some people have been turned in, some store owners and stuff, for not, you know, enforcing people to wear masks. And uh, uh, what happens is, like, uh, we ended a place the other day, and it said mask required upon entry. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm holding it. You know, I do have the mask. I'm just not wearing it. Um, and nobody said anything. You know, if, if anybody would have said something, it doesn't say I got to wear it. It just says I have to have it with me in order to get in. And um, so I think that's pretty smart on, on the part of some uh, store or restaurant owners, you know. Um, that way it kind of frees people up to, like like you said, yeah. uh, uh, use their conscience and, uh, and and common sense in order to be able to go into stores and stuff like that. But um, it's... Uh, uh, the closer you get to the state capital, of course, the worse it gets. Uh, and, and the further south you go, too. I mean, uh, Eugene is still almost like in a level one lockdown. Uh, it's ridiculous. Nothing is open. Uh, businesses are failing daily down there. Uh, up here in Lynn County, where we're a little more free, and in eastern Oregon, uh, things are a lot different. You know, we're, we're kind of thumbing our nose at the governor. Um, one thing that um, I, I noticed, and I'm going to share this with you, and I'm not going to name uh, my employer or anything like that, but uh, one of the things they're trying to force on us at work is the M95 mask. And um, I don't know if you've ever worn one of those things, but trying to get air through an M95 mask is like trying to suck a milkshake through a straw, a really thick milkshake. I have and, some, and I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, and, and so uh, we were asked to go down, not actually asked, we were told, uh, to go down to this one area at work and to fill out these forms. You know, do you have breathing problems? Do you have asthma? And and I was basically told by my supervisor that uh, no matter what you filled out on that form, you were going to wear that mask. And uh, I just had a nice little uh, chat with my reunion representative this morning. Um, she called me up from up in Portland, of all places. And uh, <clears throat> told her that, you know, somebody that's got a, a cardiac issue and chronic asthma, well, not chronic, but, you know, uh, asthma most of the time, uh, that would place my, my health in a lot of jeopardy. So um, they're going to uh, they're going to start coordinating with the other union, which um, some other uh, some uh, registered nurses belong to um, and try to uh, get this rectified because they. It's all—it's all in the money, folks. It really is. You know, it's um, how can they how can they shift people around and and make it so that they don't have to hire more pe- temporary people to come in and work? And uh, it's getting to the point of ridiculousness. It really is. And um, hopefully, it'll be rectified by the time I return to work this weekend. But um, anyway, it's just. Watching people go into panic mode over something like this. Now, the whole reason for this is because three three people were admitted on the way over on the other side of the hospital with COVID, and I guess a couple of the staff picked it up over there. I don't know whether from them or they brought it in or whatever, but they're way over on the other side. And so, remember when you were in school and, and the teacher said something, and some kid in the back said something stupid, and the teacher goes, "Who said that?" And the kid that said it was a bully, so nobody ever finked on him. And the teacher says, well, since nobody said anything, you're all being punished. And that's almost what it's like. It's like, you know what, they've got it way over there, and we're going to make everybody wear this thing because we don't want you to get it over here. But um, 
I was talking with three or four people. There's a couple of people that I know that have um, uh, immuno, immunocompromised conditions where if they catch COVID, they're, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll be attending their funerals. Uh, there's a couple of others like me that have cardiac or lung issues and stuff like that who it will not be good for. And, you know, so what they're doing is they're forcing this on everybody, not taking it by a person-by-person basis that their actions might actually be detrimental to the health of some of us, you know. And, and frankly, I'm not standing for that. I am, I am going to fight that just like those guys driving down the highway in California, you know, um, to, to my last, <laughs> to my last, uh, breath, so to speak. But, um, so anyway, I, uh, I, I got a hold of my doctor, my regular doctor, because, uh, that form that I filled out asked if I wanted to be, um, coached by a doc, one of their doctors. And I know what's going to happen with that. Well, you know, you're not that bad. You can wear it, you know, see you later. Bye. Um, but I'm going to get my doctor involved in it too. We're going to have a, <laughs> a little, uh, out in the, uh, 12, 12 o'clock noon um, duel out in the street between doctors. And uh, I, I know my doctor's going to win. But anyway, um, so if it's – I can understand how people feel about having this stuff forced on them. We're not that bad. California, I feel bad for the folks down there. I feel – Brian, you and everybody down there, um, the way that your governor is acting, uh, you know, back in the 1800s, they would have thrown a rope over a tree and hung him a long time ago. Um but, you know, you can't talk like that anymore. And I, and I want to clarify, I'm talking about what would have happened 150 years ago, not what I'm thinking or planning on doing. Okay. Um, so anyway, it's just, it's just a shame to see that, uh, the people that we elect to represent us and to serve us has, have actually become our, our, uh, our masters, basically, or they want to become our masters. And I, but I still think that the American spirit is is strong enough and, and is embedded deep enough within the American psyche, so to speak, um, that that's not going to happen. And, and it, it's time for the churches to wake up and to be a leader in this. You know, it really is. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's time for the churches to say enough is enough. We're not following this anymore. You can't tell me when and where I can worship. And if you do, we're going to find catacombs somewhere and we're all going to congregate there just like they did in the first century and the second century, you know, and, and, uh, and just to say, you know, enough is enough. This is not what the founding fathers wanted. This is not what, um, what God wants, you know, so we're just going to disobey you. Um, uh, what was it? Francis Schaeffer, I think, wrote one time about uh, a book about uh, disobedience, and I, I got to find it. My dad had it somewhere here, um, but uh, it was it was a really good book, and uh, it, it basically it, he said it was the American people's right and duty to where if the government became too strong and tyrannical, it, basically it was echoing the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence. Who, excuse me, um, to it was the American people's duty to um, become civilly disobedient in these things. So that's what needs to happen now. So um, with the help of God in, in November on the third and reelection mm-hmm. of Trump and, um, and the freedom to know that for the next four years we can act and get these people out of office. I think it's going to be a really good thing. I'm finished. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, ditto. 
How's that sound? Ditto. It's just, <laughs> uh, I don't know what else to say. It's just like, it, um, I had an incident at work down here in LA County um, at my job that a, I was, I'm a carpenter and uh, been doing it for over four decades. And I'm working in this warehouse and this warehouse is a print shop. And part of the warehouse is a warehouse and the other part is offices. And it's all glassed in with walls and doors and windows and everything. And there's this always seems to be somebody who's so scared of the of the virus that you'll see them like wearing um, a hazmat suit driving their car. So this particular person was um, he's kind of different, too. But um, I was 50 feet away from him in another room in the warehouse and he's locked in his office and he came out and told me to put my mask on. And I'm a carpenter and when I wear my mask, I wear glasses, it fogs up my glasses. Plus it actually triggers my asthma because I have, I have asthma. Right. So I can only wear it for a few minutes at a time, like, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And so I'm saying this because the laws for county to county and city to city are so vague and so like it's like they make it whatever they want at the at the last moment. So um, I went to my supervisor and we had a discussion. Before I went to him, I went up to the Los Angeles County Health Department website and I printed out their COVID mask requirements. And for at least down here, it it says at the top of the article before it even gets into it, it says. There is no evidence that masks help stop the spread of COVID, but you need to wear your mask. Right. And and if you're in an isolated area away from anybody, uh, like in another room, you do not have to wear a mask. Matter of fact, it even says if you don't want to wear a mask, that's on you. The mask protects the wearer. So if the person not wearing the mask is actually the one taking the chance. Mm-hmm. And it actually says that in LA County that it's, it's an option, but I'm bringing this up because you mentioned about the churches and, and nobody's pushing back. People are so afraid down here, uh, being thrown in jail or getting a ticket. Uh, the churches are afraid of looking bad in front of the government. My, my pastor and leaders actually said that we don't want to look bad in front of the city government. We want to be a good testimony. So, but if you look at the facts about the disease, as we both discussed many times, all three of us, I mean, and you see the regulations and what they really put down, we're being duped. We're being, uh, we're doing things we don't really have to do. And it even, in our orders down here on the county, they, their terminology is, I said, we suggest you wear a mask. We suggest you social distance. We suggest you wash your hands. There's no law. If nothing has been put into a law. Right. And so here we have America basically shut down most of it, not you know, good parts of it, for really good, no good reason. And I, I'm hoping and I'm pretty sure when Trump wins, and some of these Democrats get voted out of office and some of these governors lose their governorship, uh, these Democrats, that the country is going to turn around. And in one way, a blessing from this whole COVID and even the riots 
is that a lot of Americans sit on the sidelines every election cycle and don't vote. Right. Now we have a whole nother group of people that we've never, who've never voted before or who've kind of sat back politically and said, oh, whatever, are now voting. Yeah. And I think this is going to turn the tide. I'm not saying America is going to go totally Republican on every state, but I think it's going to be a wake-up call, I'm praying, on uh, Wednesday morning next week uh, that you can't lock us down. You can't take away our, our right to uh, worship our God. You can't take our guns away. You can't take tell us where to eat and how to eat our food. We're done with you. Right. You're gone. And I'm hoping that's what happens and sends a clear message because liberals in the far left um, think that everybody else thinks like them and, right. and is on their, and they're, and they, I think they're going to find out we're not like them. And I wish no ill will to any Democrat or liberal or leftist, uh, their people too. Uh, but when they start taking our freedoms away and can tell us where we can work, where we can eat, where we can go to church, uh, then we're going along the lines of China. Right. As China is actually doing that now, you get a social, uh, you get a social, basically a social FICO score, credit score. Mm -hmm. And if your social score is too low, you can't go buy certain things. You can't travel. And somebody told me once, oh, that'll never happen here. Yeah. Uh, well, um, I think it's, um, oh, correct me if I'm wrong, is it Facebook uh, has hired five Chinese nationalists? from the Communist Party to run, help run their uh, fact check on their websites. And maybe it's Twitter. I think it's Twitter. But they've hired four or five Chinese government officials to help with their censoring of false news on Twitter websites in our country. Huh. So the big tech is really gotten involved. And the reason that I heard the other day we can't do anything about it at this point, there are certain laws put into place that for these big tech companies, they're opinion businesses. They're, right. just, they're just opinions. Uh, they're not, uh, you know, it's just social. But I heard uh, through the grapevine, I don't know if it's true or not, that Trump, if he wins is going to go after them and put laws in place to make them like they don't pay taxes, very many taxes in America, like right. Twitter hardly pays any tax. Amazon's the same way. They hardly pay any tax. So I heard that Trump is going to start passing laws to he doesn't want to hurt them. He just wants to rein them in. And um, when I was younger, I can't remember how young I was, but it was years ago. Uh, Ma Bell was huge. The phone Monopoly. company. Yeah. You're right. That's right, Eric. And they broke that up. Actually, the Democrats led that to break that up. It was the Democrats. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. but now they're not anywhere to be seen about these big, huge high tech companies and social media companies. Uh, they're saying, oh, it's freedom of speech. It's this, it's that, it's this other thing. But these social media companies next to the false fake news are really hurting America. And if we don't deal with them before the next election cycle, it's it's we're just uh, 
putting off something that's going to come back and bite us later if we don't do something about them. Right. But, you know, there there are alternatives. And I've I've been straining to get people to mm. – there, there's an alternative to Facebook called MeWe. And it's just as good as Facebook, if not better. And I've been – man, I've been promoting that like crazy. You know, get out of Facebook. Come on over. But everybody is so darn comfortable with Facebook – you know, oh, well, you know, that would just be too much trouble. You know, I, I don't want to do that. You know, oh, well, good. And keep your account until they shut you down and you'll have to do it. Um, and then there's an alternative to to YouTube. It's called Tumble. I've been actually taking all the delusion resistance, excuse me, all the um, opposing the Matrix shows. And I've been downloading them because you have to because they're MP4s and then uploading them to Tumble. So that just in case one day YouTube says, well, you know, your site's a little too conservative. We don't like what you're saying. We're closing you down because that's happened to me already, um, especially with Twitter. Um, there, there's another format where all of our shows are. Um, same thing with Twitter. There's a, there's a thing called Parlor that I've gone over to. You know, I very rarely accept to post the, the radio show. Um, I very rarely go on to Twitter anymore, and a lot of people that were on Twitter have gone over to Parler now. So, you know, there, it has forced um, uh, what these liberals have been doing has forced conservatives to to set up alternatives, which I'm really happy about. I've always been praying that there would be an alternative to um, to Facebook because I just, you know, I've been in Facebook jail more times than I can count. Um, <laughs> but uh, because even now, you know, if you offer it used to be you have to really put something very outlandish on Facebook in order to get put in Facebook jail. Uh, but now all you got to do is sometimes say something that somebody else doesn't like. They report you and boy, are they quick to, to put you in, uh, in in jail for for a week or two or even longer, you know. And um, yeah, you're right. It is a monopoly. And, and you mentioned Amazon. I, I think that's kind of interesting that you mentioned that they are subsidized, subsidized by the U.S. government. Uh, especially their mailing services. Okay, so here you have Jeff. Was it Jeff Bezos? Those that um, you have this this guy that's a multimillionaire. It's going to probably be a trillionaire one of these days. He's being subsidized by the United States government, and um, you know, and um, you know, Brian, we we have some relatives back in, over in Israel, and um, sometimes it's, it's easier to order and just have something sent than because if you send it by U.S. mail, you end up paying you know, 15 more times than what you paid for the gift in order to send it over there. So uh, for a little while, for some reason, I don't know why, Amazon was actually shipping to Israel. and um, But now they're not doing it again, and, and it's all because um, they're, they're receiving government money, and, and I don't know what that means, why they can't ship overseas. Maybe there's a restriction on why the, where the money can be spent or whatever. Um, yeah, and yeah, of course they're going to obey that restriction, and not all the other ones. But um, anyway, yeah. so you know, it's it's ridiculous. You know, the the guy is swimming in cash, and we can't even mail overseas because they're the uh, he's taking money from the U.S. government. You know, come on, let's 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 get a handle on this stuff and let's get it fixed so that you know we can. Um, we can enjoy the prosperity. There's some of us that are that are, are you know not swimming in cash or anything, but are but are just making it because we're, we're prosperous. We we happen to be blessed with jobs and you know and at, right at this time anyway. And um, 
but I would like to be able to not just make it, but maybe to stash some money away too, you know? And just like, you know, my father did and my grandfather did and all the generations before them, you know, um, my dad once said a long time ago, he said, you know, the America that I grew up in is a lot different than the America you're growing up in. And he said, my father told me the same thing. And, and well, his father came from, my great grandfather came from Italy, but, um, Anyway, so, you know, with every succeeding generation, it gets less and less and less free. So that's why another reason why I'm glad why, why Trump is um, is reducing a lot of restrictions, why he's, um, uh, you know, uh, take, lessening our taxes. Uh, we shouldn't even be taxed, to tell you the truth. Uh, yeah. Uh, I know that we are, and, you know, I'm faithful to pay my taxes and stuff like that, and and I always think about Yeshua saying, you know, they take the coin out of the fish's mouth, render under Caesar what Caesar's and what under God what's God's. But uh, anyway, um, it's it's uh, it's everything is turned topsy turvy. It's, it's I always think of uh, when uh, the the British finally lost the Revolutionary War. Their their band played a song called "The World Turned Upside Down," and I often think about that when when I think about what you know the state of our country. Uh, the state of the world and everything else, the world is turned upside down. It's, it's not what it used to be. It's, it's totally opposite of what it was a hundred or 150 years ago. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm blessed to have all the technology and stuff. Like for instance, us being able to do this radio show, you know, 150 years ago, this would have been called witchcraft or something, uh, because we're talking to yeah. each other over telephone lines and stuff like that. But, um, it's, uh, I don't know. It's we've exchanged a true freedom for a different kind of freedom. And I would like to be able to have the benefits of the technology and the old freedom back. And hopefully, you know, if um, I think Mark Taylor was it, Eric was talking about a reset. And when this happens, you know, hopefully it'll go back to that or, or something similar to that. Is that what you kind of talked about, Eric? Uh, he kind of echoed that. He didn't say reset, uh, verbatim, but, uh, that's more something that Jim has, uh, coined oh, okay. that phrase. But, um, yeah, but it's kind of, it, it in a sense is in fact a reset, um, of the table, but yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I really, really am. <laughs> something's got to change. Um, oh, yes. You know. Um, so have you guys thought about what, uh, all right. So we got a lot of civil unrest, you know, you got riots down in California. You still have riots going on in Portland, although you don't hear about it anymore. Um, it's to a certain degree up in Seattle, um, because, you know, these three states will not let uh, Trump come in and put these things down. Um, so we're seeing a form of unrest before the election, um, what do you guys see coming after the election or what, what might, uh, Mark Taylor, what might, uh, scripture say? I don't know if scripture specifically mentions, um, the United States, but, um, uh, it does mention worldly, um, things going on, uh, toward the time of the end. Uh, so, you know, what's, what's your reflection on what might happen? Let's just say, let's, let's go with two scenarios. Um, Trump wins. And the left doesn't like it, and or 
Biden wins, which I don't see happening, but let's just let's just run it through the room, the mill here. And um, and and it's an illegal win, of course. Um, what do you see? What do both of you see happening? Uh, let's see here. Um, well, the Biden scenario that he wins, um, I don't I don't even personally entertain that to myself because um, I, I, I just know that Trump is going to win. Right. Um, so when he wins, there definitely will probably be a counter uh, amount of violence because uh, obviously they've showed all the polls and stuff that there's just no way that Trump can win. And these people are going to believe that going in and they're going to become unhinged when he, you know, Biden doesn't win. Uh-huh. So, you know, this this winter might be a little tough um, for a time period. And also with the all the the trafficking of kids and the involvement of the elite and the deep state in general, I think they're going to probably, you know, pull some cards out that um, in order to really try to stop Trump even after the election. I do think it will eventually smooth out, but it's there's just going to be – I think this winter could be tough. Um, after he wins, but, you know, even through all that, you know, Trump is elected, uh, or Trump has been allowed to, uh, appoint and have confirmed three Supreme court justices. And I know that, um, this, you know, Mark Taylor had echoed that, you know, Trump would actually end up replacing five in total. So we know that he's done three already and that two more are coming. And I'm trying to think, you know, there's only three um, liberal uh, Supreme Court justices left right now. And ironically, two of them were appointed by Obama, Uh Kagan and Sotomayor. Mm -hmm. So what if, you know, everything that they have on the deep state, you know, the spying on the Trump campaign and everything else and all the shenanigans, you know, they have all this, this stuff that's going to come to light and people are going to start getting arrested after, you know, this election at some point. And the people who get arrested are pretty well known, you know, uh-huh. probably, probably Obama. Right. And if Obama gets arrested and charged for treason, well, guess what happens? Everything that he, he he gets stripped of his uh, presidency, yeah. so everything he enacted is gone. Uh huh. So his supreme two Supreme Court justices that he appointed uh, are no longer valid. Right. So right. there's two more coming beyond the three that we've already had confirmed, and um, also with that the undoing of Roe versus Wade. Um, at the federal level, at least, uh, being overturned and that being thrown back towards the state. Um, you know, I see that coming as well. You know, so that might cut. Co- what's, what's funny is that, you know, that's all we ever heard about was states' rights. You know, we were taught, oh, that's what the Civil War was fought about, states' rights. Okay, well, finally, the states had a right to um, to – either confirm or abolish abortion in their states. But for some reason, when it comes to abortion, the states aren't crying, hey, that's our right. 
Well, I mean, some of them are. I mean, some of them are taking back their rights. I shouldn't say all of them are doing that, but it's like, okay, well, either you want states' rights or you don't want them. You know, make up your mind for goodness sakes. And so I just wanted to throw that in there real quick. But, uh, so Brian, what do you, do you, have you thought about the scenarios or? Yeah, I, I have. Um, yeah, I mean, what Eric said definitely could happen. I think if, I think if Trump wins, um, COVID will probably eventually go away, but they're still going to try to keep it around a little bit. Right. I think it'll go away. Um, I think that if he wins, there'll be riots on the streets. They're going to call it illegal, stolen. It'll be just like 2016 because they're going to try to discredit him. And the Democrats, if they get beat pretty good, like in the Senate seats and things like that and governorships, it'll knock the wind out of them. And they might be a little stunned at first, but it won't take them long. And I think the next four years are going to be more. Well, this also depends um, if the Democrats keep the House and we keep the Senate. They're going to keep trying to throw things at Trump to impeach him, to make him look bad. Right. You know, Russia. This is going to be the same old thing. If we win the House and have the Senate in the presidency, that's not going to they're not going to be able to do that. But it doesn't mean they won't try to dirty Trump. And the media. Uh, and, I think I think Trump and both uh, both the Senate and the House are going to be controlled by um, Republicans. I think that's I what it's going to it's going to be like four years of complete un unchecked power to basically go nuclear uh, on our enemies. That's what I it's going to be like. Right about that. Yeah. So I I think yeah. that's what's coming. Um, so. Hmm. But anyways, I'm sorry, Brian. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Please go ahead and. Finish. Oh no, that's okay. No, it's a good point. I. I, I agree 100%. I think that's that's pretty – yeah. And, you know, it's, it's going to be the same old thing that's happened the last four years, but they're going to be like, okay, um, we have another election coming up in two years. we got to get the House and the Senate back. And then the presidency again. I think usually they start campaigning two years before the election for president. Right. I think they're going to start pretty quick right after this election. Within a year, they're going to start – the Democrats pushing somebody out there for president. Um, right. And they're going to have to find somebody that's going to be more moderate. He, I think the person that they do find is going to be moderate. He'll be moderate when he speaks, but his beliefs will be radical. He'll be right. the type of person that does get in. He'll be like Kamala Harris. But when you vote in for him, you think he's like a Joe Lieberman. Right. And so uh, he's pretty moderate compared to them. And so, uh-huh. Um, I think also there's going to be um, um, more. Na- I, I'm just pretty sure there's going to be more natural disasters this next year. Uh, right. Bigger fires, bigger things. I think there's going to be earthquakes, maybe even here in California. Uh, I don't know why I'm saying that. I just feel that my inside that this year has been social unrest. It's been the COVID. Next year is going to be more natural stuff, even though we've had some of that too. Right. And, uh, um, but I think economically, the United States, if Trump is in, is going to do great. It's uh-huh. going to be great. Right. If Biden wins, basically, well, thank goodness individual states have individual governors, but Biden can make it really hard on the Republican governors. But he's going to try his best. Actually, I should, because I can only rephrase that. 
Biden will probably last about a month. Kamala Harris is going to go after the governorships. Right. And and I think she's going to keep us in lockdown. Um, I think she's going to mandatory vaccines. Right. I think that she's going to go after Christian churches, organizations, everybody who supported Trump. They're going to go after everybody with a vengeance. Right. Well, we're already we're already marked for death for supporting him. Right. The media's already made that um, right. uh, plain and clear. They basically they want to go after every person that voted for Trump. They 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 actually specifically stated that uh, on the air several times. Uh, but you know, when if Biden were to win, you're right. Biden would not be president very long. He would take a swan dive off of a bridge or something, you know, get a rule to suicide or something, and then or just be declared mentally yeah. unfit because of his yeah. dementia. Yeah. Yep, and just have her, have him get switched out for her, which she would be even worse than what Biden is. But Biden's well, corrupt anyway. But you know, she would be a hundred times worse. Well, that's what they were trying they, to push uh, that Twenty Fifth Amendment thing a few months about a month ago. That wasn't for right. Trump. Yeah, that right. was that was future yeah. for Biden. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. So I, I think that's it in a nutshell, guys. I think if Trump wins economically, we'll probably do well, but it's just going to be like it was the last four years. But they're going to be more emboldened and more mad and pissed off because they lost. So uh-huh. it's going to be all this Trump lied. You know, um, he he's in with the Russians. And but we know that's not true. And I think if right. Biden wins, basically, the United States will turn into California. Oh, God. So, <laughs> yeah, and, and actually compared to what Kamala Harris wants to do, California is conservative because, it, I mean, the Green New Deal, trillions, trillions of dollars to make, what, was it 20 million homes all solar, no airplanes, no trains, no cars. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And I think, and uh, yeah, and this will pack we we have a um, a lady named Kimberly um, who's listening, and she just wrote on the um, on the chat room that she says Hara is MK Ultra. Uh, she said heard first on Sarah Westerall's, um, confirmed by Holly Baglio, ex Super Soldier. Um, I don't know if you've ever read anything. Oh, I can't remember Kathy Kathy O'Brien. Boy, I remembered something. Holy mackerel! Bless the Lord. Um, uh, <laughs> So this is really a big moment in my life. I remembered something. Um, Kathy O'Brien wrote, and she used to be an MK Ultra victim, and uh, how they used uh, certain words to to trigger them and everything else. And if this is true, then uh, you know this is uh, she she'd be twice as much to worry about. But again, I, I don't think it's going to happen. So, um, but thanks for giving us that uh, that what's up. Or heads up, uh, Kimberly. I didn't, I didn't know that, uh, but you know you can kind of see it. Uh, if somebody's MK Ultra, you can kind of see it in their eyes sometimes when they're when they're you know on stage or or they're talking um, and they've been activated. Uh, they they kind of it's almost like well I'm gonna say it it's almost like they're they're possessed. Uh, their eyes uh, get darker than they normally are. Um, it's like somebody else is in there operating there. And, um, and I've seen, I saw Kamala Harris a couple of times when she would, would talk and, uh, her eyes get kind of squinty a little bit. And, uh, cause normally she's got, well, she's got pretty eyes. Um, but normally 
uh, anyway, when she's talking, she um, and she's looks like she's under control. She she yeah. um, she kind of gets those squinty eyes, and there, and it's all black in there. Uh, you can you know usually you can see the sclera, you know the uh, the white of the eyes, and and anybody when even when they have squinty eyes, um, but uh, hers almost look like they turn totally black, like she's possessed or something. So which I, I it wouldn't surprise me one bit. But um, uh, anyway, uh, one thing I wanted to to bring up, uh, you know, a few back uh, when this whole um, COVID thing started, you know, we had uh, that stuff going up in Central Park. You know, you had um, Billy Graham, Samaritan Purse was there, and they were seemed to be treating no one. Uh, but there was explosions heard underground. Uh, we were told that uh, the uh, U.S. Special Forces were going in underground and and rescuing children and things like that. Uh, that were that were being used for sexual purposes and 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 satanic purposes, uh, and um, same thing in L.A. And we had the, the two uh, Mercy ships that were there, the U.S. Navy Mercy ships, uh, and uh, they they just kind of hung out there and then left. And uh, we we had a show about that where we talked about maybe they went to Armenia, they brought the kids to Armenia. Well, the other day. Um, when Trump was talking, he was talking about the uh, the fence, and you know when when these guys talk, I, I really listen now. You know, I never listened twenty years ago. It was like, yeah, blah blah blah. They're talking. You know, see you later. Um, now I listen to each and every word. And uh, Trump was talking, and he said, yeah, the soon the fence is going to be complete, and uh, the fences stopped a lot of the human trafficking that that was coming over, um, and he said. Specifically, that the traffic is, trafficking was in mostly in women, uh, very few in boys, and uh, very few in, in little girls. That it was mostly adult women that were being trafficked. And all of us, I think, know that that's not the case. Um, you know, well, maybe maybe now that's the case. Um, but... Uh, you know, we we know that in the past, a lot of times it was children that were taken. My goodness, you know, if you had a dollar for every uh, kid that was on the side of a milk cart and it never found, uh, we we know where they probably ended up. But um, uh, that being the case, if if it's just basically women being brought over by coyotes um, and and other individuals, then um, do you think that maybe they've gotten a handle on the uh, the, the the child trafficking or? Or is maybe maybe he's keeping it quiet because there's other operations that are underway and uh, and uh, you know because I think I don't think all of those dumb bases have been taken over yet if I, if I'm not mistaken I I know that uh, they're still working on it and a majority of them have been uh, taken over by the white hats um, so any any thoughts on that? Uh, well. We obviously have the whole QAnon phenomena. Uh-huh. That is to obviously bring light to um, what has been going on with human trafficking, children trafficking, and you know child sacrifice and all that stuff. Um, right. I, I have noticed uh, it has, within probably the last couple of weeks, finally fully reached the mass scale of the mainstream media addressing it now and obviously writing it off as uh, this is why QAnon's wrong 
you know, or I've even seen as far as, um, you know, Saturday Night Live, SNL, you know, you guys are familiar with that. Yeah. Uh, they were doing, you know, a mock-up of the last, uh, the, the, the town hall thing where, you know, Joe Biden was talking to people, are talking, and then Trump was talking, you know, in another, you know, from another another place, and obviously they were really easy on Joe Biden. But anyways, the SNL skit was doing that and mocking all that, but then they brought up QAnon, you know, because in, in that mock-up, they, you know, they had asked Trump to uh, basically denounce QAnon, and he, he refused to do it. Uh, but what he did say was that, um, you know, yeah, QAnon seems, or the people that support QAnon seem to really uh, like me, and uh, they they're 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 against pedophilia, which is is a good thing in my mind. You know, that's that's what basically Trump said, but he refused to denounce QAnon in general. But the SNL skit was basically to mock the whole thing that you know QAnon's a joke, it's not real, none of this is real. You know, let's let's make light of this and. Uh, right. Let's really fight to really, you know, not bring this to light. But this is going to end up backfiring on all these people because, you know, it's not enough to just tell people about it. It's they have to be shown what's going on. Um, That's going to be a terrible time. Let me tell you when that, when that it all is comes out. because it, because it's gonna because you know it's interesting. There was there's a guy on YouTube, uh, a Dana. Uh, I forget his last name, but he's been he's been having these prophetic dreams that have really kind of uh, caught the the eye of a lot of people. And he talks about you know you know this winter after the election being very tough, and you know he talks about nuclear bombs and all this stuff. But I think what he's he's prophesying is the the nuclear bombs are you know are the bombs of information of things that are going to come to light that people would refuse to believe that it could ever, ever be true, but it's going to be true and it's going to be tough for people to hear. And it's going to implicate, um, you know, a lot of people that you think, you know, wouldn't be a, you know, participator in this, you know, you know, we obviously talk about Hollywood and politicians and world leap people that are involved in all this, but you know, this is going to affect, you know, People in church leadership, uh, seminaries, um, mm -hmm. when they start finding out, you know, these people have sold sold us out and been doing this stuff, um, it's it's going to really disrupt things and cause a, you know a mass shaking. Um, the thing to pay attention to is that you, you've seen certain evangelical leaders and you know certain you know religious leaders come out against Trump. Pretty right. adamantly, uh -huh. uh, those are those are the, those are the organizations and those are the people you need to really watch real carefully, uh, right? Because they they have the most to lose in this. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. It's not not just the Catholic Church, you know. I um, right, that's exactly right. It's not just them. Years ago, um, I was attending a church down in. Um, California. I won't go into what town it was in or anything, but uh, uh, the pastor was was quite corrupt, and um, 
uh, he had hired a, uh, we, we had a singles group that was really thriving. I mean, we were like, you know, we just didn't get together to, to, to go out and dance and stuff like that. We'd get together to have Bible studies. We'd get together to, um, to go to the beach and just talk about the Lord on the beach and stuff like that. And, and like I said, we were thriving like there was no tomorrow, but for some reason, uh, the, uh, the powers that be in the church decided that this needed to be headed up by a pastor. And, um, you know, and that, that just really bothers me because the word is quite clear that we're all kings and priests under Jesus, you know. But um, anyway, uh, so, of course, they, they joined a, a pastor to us, a new guy that had come to the church and and, uh, and his wife. And uh, he would go out to these outings with us. Well, every once in a while, we'd realize that this pastor, you know, his wife would not come along. Um, and he'd disappear for a little while and uh, come to find out that he was um, trying to pick up on one of the single girls in the group. And um, she told us about it. And, um, and so the answer to that was, uh, let's, uh, you know, we're, we're going to do something about it, the pastor said. And uh, all they basically did was... Uh, uh, this was uh, in kind of like the Central Valley of California, and they moved them up to Chico, uh, which, you know, was uh, far enough away, but <laughs> uh, to where nobody had heard of them. But uh, so in essence, uh, everything that they uh, they were blaming the Catholic Church of or criticizing the black uh, the Catholic Church for uh, they were doing themselves, you know, so it's it's rampant in, in all the denominations and. Um, and that's why, you know, you think you got, you're in a good church and everything. Well, yeah, you, you may, you may be, you may be in the best church that God has ever placed on the face of the earth. But, uh, watch your kids. Watch your kids. Watch your wife. Uh, and, uh, just be careful. You know, because, uh, there's wolves out there everywhere. And boy, are they good at disguising themselves and, uh, and making themselves look like, uh, God's gift to the church. And they're, and they're nothing more than ravenous wolves waiting to devour. To the body of Christ, um, but uh, it's uh, so I, I was, you know, getting back to what Trump said. I was just wondering why, you know, maybe maybe the reality of um, that this is happening to children is is just too much for the public to accept right now. And uh, but but like you said, there has to be a rude awakening. Um, and, yeah, know, it's, it's, it's coming on as an information campaign, really. And you have to kind of trick off the information and allow people to put the the um, put the uh, pieces together uh-huh. so that they can process it and then understand it. If you threw it all at them once at once, you know it would just be too much to handle, right? right. I mean, you would people would write it off or like, no, this this can't be true. But if you you know, slowly prepare the people and you trickle it and you equip them to, to comprehend what's going on, then you you have time to, to cope with it, process it. And then, you know, obviously uh, the majority of people um, will, will want justice. You know, all this is in fact true. And we, we need to, this needs to be, this needs to be dealt with. You know what I mean? Do you think maybe it's because, you know, people will be saying, well, you know, Johnny down the street disappeared 20 years ago. I wonder if that happened to him. Because I, I think that, you know, when the Holocaust was first um, 
was first revealed. I think it came out in the newsreels back in the um, 1940s, late late 1940s, when the war was coming to an end. Um, Eisenhower commanded the, the soldiers get pictures of this, take movies of this, because someday, and I'm not going to use the terminology he used. Well, I could use an, an acronym, SOB. He goes, well, they deny whatever it ever happened. Yeah, he said someday some SOB is going to say that this never happened, and I want it on film. And so what they did is they put it on film, and they used to have something called newsreels that they would play before the movies, which if you were going to see a good movie and, and you watch this particular newsreel, it wasn't a good movie afterwards. But um, they, they showed, you know, the bodies being in piles and being thrown in ditches and, and everything else in the crematoriums and the whole nine yards. Uh, you know, and Patton rolled into those camps and Montgomery into other camps and Eisenhower and uh, – you know, and made it all public and everything. And, and I think the fact, the factor, the, uh, the fact that it was not that shocking is because it wasn't Johnny down the street. It was the Jews in Europe, you know, and, and, you know, well, you know, they're, they're Jews. It always happens to the Jews, blah, 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 you know. Um, however, it, I see what you're saying because if, like, if it's Johnny or Susie down the street, um, and, and they realize that, you know, all these kids that have gone disappearing are, or have disappeared, um, uh, or have been used in, in ways that I don't even want to talk about on the radio, um, then then it's going to hit home. And if it hits home, then it's going to be more shocking than seeing it on a newsreel back in the 1940s after World War II. Uh, agreed? Yeah, these people will not be able to walk the streets. Yeah. yeah. And that's what it's going to yeah. come down to. Um, it's a moment of divine justice. Um you know, upon the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, here, here in Oregon, um, I don't know how it is in other States, but they have different, um, degrees, I should say of, um, of, um, oh, what am I trying to say? Sexual offenders. Um, there's class one, class two and class three, class three is the worst. Okay. Class three. Um, you can actually look up on the computer class one and two. You can't, um, and, uh, which I, you know, is what, what would differentiate between two and three, you know? And I guess there are answers to that question. I've never looked it up, but, um, you know, it's, it's, um, there, there is some person that's, that's living down in sweet home east of here. That's actually looking these things up and putting them on the sweet home website, <laughs> you know, on Facebook and saying, you know, this person lives on this street and stuff like that. Well, those are the class threes. Those are the people that have done things that are so atrocious that you don't, you know, you don't necessarily want them in your neighborhood. You know, they're, they're the serious sex offenders. Well, I don't even want to put it that way because every sex offense is serious, but you know, they're the ones that are multiple repeaters, you know, um, will most probably do it again. Um, and things like that. Um, and, you, you know, you're talking about the brutality, excuse me, the brutality of the crime um, and things like that. So uh, uh, I don't know when 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 all this comes to, down the pike, I think that uh, all this information is going to come out. And uh, like you said, uh, you, these people aren't going to be able to walk the streets anymore. <coughs> excuse me. They're going to be um, they're going to be marked kind of like Kane was. Um, and uh, so I don't know. It's I'm kind of looking forward to that. But, you know, at the same time, 
um, what goes around comes around. And, um, you know, I think that there, there's coming a day, you know, uh, if you look at the revivals in, in the scripture, you know, what was one was King Josiah. I think another one was King Hezekiah. Um, they were all kings of Judah. And uh, so you see you had like three wicked kings and then you had one good king. And, you know, he, he brought about revival. You know, they found the law, the scrolls, scrolls of the law, the tablets. And, uh, and there was a revival and, you know, they destroyed all the idols and the whole nine yards. And, but then the minute that guy died, his son became wicked and went back to the idol worship. I mean, and this went on and on and on. You know, good guy, three bad guys, good guy, four bad guys, good guy, you know. Um, and, so there's there's going to be a, come a time, and it has to happen that um, this Trump basically national revival, we'll call it, uh, we'll call it political revival or whatever, um, is going to come to an end. And uh, and like you mentioned earlier, that they they're out for blood. And uh, you know if, if yeah, it, to win. you know as 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 bad as things were getting before Trump came, it. It'll be amplified even greater even after, you know, we get through this period of, you know, restoration. I mean, right? They're they're gonna want us dead. I I already knew that. You know, you know, voting for him. Um, even I even will say I even donated a little money to both uh, both elections, which is something I have never ever done in my life. Uh-huh. For any political can, candidate, and I did. I, I I voted just a little bit of money to Trump for, in his ele- first election and his second here. Right. Um. So they're gonna know that I, you know, not that I'm a big fish or anything like that, but they're gonna. I'm gonna be on some list, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we all are. Time. Yeah. But We're I, all I on knew some that. Kind of list. <laughs> yep. So. You know, we, we, we were talking, we were musing back in the, uh, I think it was like 2012 or something like that, that uh, all of us had uh, dots on our mailboxes. Do you remember that, Brian, hearing that, that uh, we all had, uh, if you had a red dot, you, you were marked to die. If you had a blue dot, you were marked to go to a concentration camp. I don't know if yeah, you've ever heard I remember that. that. Yeah. Yeah, so, I did. So it's, uh, it'll probably be the same way again. And, um, I'm just hoping and, and praying that, you know, we all have um, we all have time to, to grow up our, our uh, you know, Eric, you're, you're I don't know, your kids are getting older. And, you know, it's probably going to be a number of years before you're a grandparent, but you still have the, your kids to bring up, you know, and I I hope that you we all have time to bring up the kids and the grandkids um, to be righteous people uh, amongst the uh, generations of uh or gen well i'll say generations because it'll probably be more than one of evil wicked doers that are going to be out to destroy i think that um um your kids and uh our grandkids are um are are going to be uh very much akin to the um the the first century church believers yeah persecution they're gonna know persecution you know even i might even know it um Honestly, I, my hope is that uh, you know, you know, the rapture is sure closer than um, people think. You know, I can't say yeah. for absolutely certain when and when, but I, you know, 
my kids are still pretty young. I, I hope, you know, I hope the Lord just takes them, you know. Yeah, definitely. I said, I'll take the beating. Uh, I'll, I'll stay behind. Yeah. <laughs> but take them, you know. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But that's, that's just my personal opinion, uh, feelings on it, though. Uh-huh. Well, that scripture, um, bring up a child in a way he should go, and when he gets old, he shall not depart from it. Man, is there... I can't think of a more important scripture at this moment right now because um, it's it's how we bring them up now is is, is going to mold them into what they are later on, you know. And um, and I was reading, and you know, those of us and you and you're you're included in this, Eric, because I know that you you imagine things and you're able to to use your imagination and and to think about things outside of what's on a a, a television or a or a screen on uh, your computer. Um, you mean critical thinking? Critical thinking, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's um, not taught in schools anymore. No, it's not. But you know, I think part of it's endowed from the Lord. I think when you come to faith in, in Yeshua, that you you are given that. You know. Yep. Um, but uh, you know, I I imagine you know that uh, grandkids and uh, or maybe great grandkids will will stand before magistrates like like Yeshua said that they would, and and not to worry about what to say when when you stand there because the words that they say that they say will actually be coming from the Lord and not them. And uh, I don't know about you, but I've thought about that before. It's it, I've thought about you know you know what if they well when Obama was in office, what if they you know they the men in black or whatever. Uh, came and got me and took me, uh, and I had, they had me in a secret room in, in the White House, and Obama came down to tell me that I had to straighten myself out or whatever else, and what I would say, but <clears throat> that scripture is quite clear that um, when that time comes, it's not it's nothing that's going to be coming out of our mouths or our minds. It's going to be supernatural. It's it's going to be the Lord speaking through us, and it, man, that's that's going to be awesome. I mean, it's happened before. I, I know to to all of us to some degree, but it's going to be a, a time like no other, and it's it's going to be it's going to be marvelous. It's uh, well, well, what's going on right now is just a tad scary. Um, it would be a lot more scary if I if we didn't know Yeshua as our Lord, but um. Uh, while it's a little scary now, um, it's it, it could be a lot more scary in the future. But having that reassurance that um, the things that we do and the things that we say are going to be ordered of him and not of us um, kind of gives me a little bit of comfort because it's going to be, okay, Lord, um, this is on you, you know. Um, I've done it at work where I've, I've been, um, you know, I've, I've had situations where I've, I've got these two liberals at work that, um, they're both there together for about an hour and a half and on my Thursday and Friday mornings. And, um, they, they, they like to, uh, bash Trump and Republicans and stuff like that. And, and, um, uh, so every Thursday and Friday when I go to work, I'm like, Oh, here we go. I'm going to, I'm going to have to put up with these two abusers again and, and stuff like that. But, um, I just, uh, I just keep my mouth shut. And I know that if I do say anything that, uh, and I pray on the way to work constantly, that if I do say anything, that it'll be something that'll catch in their craw, and they'll they'll be able to to process it without being able to answer. And uh, a lot of times I just walk out uh, because I know that um, 
it's it's not only anti-Republican or anti-conservative, but it's anti-God, you know. And it's yeah, if you guys want to talk that way, go ahead. But, uh, uh, you're not going to force me to stay here. And, and uh, if you want to do my job while I'm not here, then that's okay with me. So, um, Brian, you were mentioning that uh, I think you were talking about somebody that was complaining about the mask, right? Um, that you weren't wearing yeah, one. Yeah, or... as a coworker. Yeah. Yeah. So that got resolved. Yeah, I uh, when I went and downloaded the actual health orders right. from the county, um, I took it to my supervisor and he goes, "Well, you have every right to work where you are without a mask." Good. And and he wasn't supposed to be in that work area because I had it taped off with caution tape. And so, um, yeah, he, he had to back down. Matter of fact, he got in trouble, got written up because he actually came against a supervisor, too, about not really? wearing a mask. Yeah, he would walk around our he would walk around our yard, our utility yard. We have a huge yard. There's uh-huh. 60 people. He'd walk around at lunch looking for people who didn't have masks on and reporting them. <laughs> and he actually called the health department on us twice. Really? So, uh-huh. So I, uh, I made it a point to actually download the health orders and I read them three times. Uh-huh. And so if you really read them, there's, there's, there, there, there's no teeth in them. There's, they're are suggestions. Um, they're not. You need to do this. Right. There's no. There's right. no penalty. They say there's. You can get tickets and things like that. But if you get a ticket and you fight it, you'll probably win. Uh huh. Because uh-huh. It's not, none of the stuff that they're ordering us to do are actual laws. None of them. Right. Right. They're just basically suggestions by the government on how to be safe. Mm-hmm. So. And, um, yeah, I'm, it's, just, I'm, it's, I'm just loving yeah. it when these, when these people put their foot in their mouths, you know, and, and, uh, I ran into that a couple of years ago at work one day. Um, there's, there's something called HIPAA, H-I-P-P-A, and it's the yeah. Health Insurance and Portability Act. And basically what HIPAA is, is that no patient information goes outside of your, your eyeballs. Um, unless it goes to a doctor or, you know, or, or a clinician or somebody that's taking care of that patient. And even then you got to be careful. But, um, um, I was using our, uh, the restroom one day and I found a piece of paper with patients' names on it. And I, I brought it out and I brought it into the station and I, uh, nurse's station. And I said, uh, this is in the garbage. You know, I'm, um, I, I don't care who threw it in there. I'm just going to throw it out, you know? And um, so I, there, there was a head nurse that was working there, and I said, you know, I, I just want to let you know I'm not going to mention any names, but I found some patient information in the garbage and knew that it was going to go out into the garbage, and I threw it in the, sh- the shredder bin. I said, I'd rather just leave it at that. And she goes, well, who was it? And I said, well, first of all, I don't know. I, and she says, well, well, whose names were on it? And I told her the, the patient's names that were on it. She goes, oh, that was so-and-so. And I said, okay, but I don't want to get involved in this. Please. She goes, no, you won't be. I'll just have a talk with her and then that'll be it. Well, you know, those things always come around to bite you in the rear end, you know? And, um, so anyway, I was administering meds and this person came up and she said that she was demanding that I write her, uh, up on, on HIPAA. 
And I said, I'm not going to do that. I said, I caught it. It went in the garbage. It never left the facility. You know, and I said, I didn't know it was you, you know. Well, I want you to write me up. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. That's stupid, you know. And uh, <clears throat> so anyway, she said, well, she says, I want you to know that if the shoe was on the other foot, I'd write you up. And then she said, I'm not a racist. And I'm thinking, what the heck does racism have to do with this? Um, she ha- happens to be Asian, but I didn't, you know, I don't care. Um, well, anyway, uh, fortunately, and this is why I always make sure that other people can hear conversations that go on like this. I had the door open into the nurse's station and the head nurse heard the whole thing. And I, I, I popped my head around the corner and I said, did you hear that? She goes, yeah. She says, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. And it got taken care of it. But, um, so, you know, in, in one half hour time span, you know, I found something that was wrong, tried to fix it, um, was accused by the person that did the wrongdoing of myself doing wrongdoing and being a racist. And, you know, and it, it, it was just ridiculous. And it's it's the atmosphere that's out there. You know, well, it's the whole good. Uh, good is now evil and evil is, is good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And just like that coworker that you had, Brian, that was writing people up, you know, it's uh, when you told me, and I didn't know this, but uh, when you told me that he actually got in trouble and, and, and called out a supervisor, I mean, how, you know, the, the, the liberals, or I should say leftists, because there are some good liberals out there, uh, the leftists always tend to, um, to not think before they act. And, you know, uh, Michael Savage always says that liberalism is a mental disorder. And, and, and I'm starting to see more and more that there might be some truth in that statement. Um, however, mm-hmm. I'd like to yeah. amend it to left, leftism. And, uh, uh, but, uh, it's, it's like every step they take, they, they think they're accomplishing something, but they're actually taking two steps backwards. And, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that, the Bible tells us to be circumspect, and that means to, to look at yourself um, and to examine yourself to see if you're, you know, what you're doing, you know. And and I think that if more people were circumspect, I don't think liberals can be circumspect, to tell you the truth. I should say leftists. I'm sorry I said it again. But um, uh, leftists cannot be circumspect because they're so keyed in on looking at everybody else's faults that they, they cannot look in the mirror and see their own. And um, I don't know, that's, the, I, I see that as being defined as, a, as either a nar- narcissistic or sociopathic or maybe even psychopathic in nature. But um, it's just, it's just a shame that, you know, if, if everybody could just say, um, uh, here's an example. I don't know about you guys, but um, uh, I've, you know, in the past have been critical about people and, and, uh, and to some degree, I still am. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll say, you know, I'll look at something that somebody did and I'll say, man, what an idiot, you know. And then did you ever have it to where you did that? And about an hour later, maybe a day later, you found yourself doing the same thing. Um, my hands up because uh, it, it happens all the time. <laughs> and and uh, I've learned yeah. I've learned over the years to to think before I say that. You know, um, because it's almost like you turn into an instant hypocrite when you say it. It's it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. But um, 
So, but uh, I don't think that leftists have the ability to do that. They're they're so busy. What is that saying? You know, when you point at somebody, there's three fingers pointing back at you. Um, yeah. And I think that's so true. You know that uh, everything that Harris accuses Trump of, everything that well Pelosi, she's a walking, um, a, a walking hypocrisy factory. Uh, Chuck Schumer. Um, all the other ones, everything that they're accusing the president of, I think that they're doing themselves. And um, that being the case, I think that um, um, a lot of it's deliberate because I think that if um, you point the finger at somebody else long enough, you get the public's eye off yourself and, you know, the public starts blaming the other person. Um, so any any thoughts about that? Is Am I, am I wrong about that or is that um, – what you see, or is, is there some other explanation? Are you talking to me? Uh, either, either. Yeah. Um, well, there's that verse that says, before you take the splinter out of somebody's eye, you take the log out of your own eye first. Uh-huh. You know, so so that that's, goes without saying. It's like, yeah, it's like with the Democrats, like you just said, the very thing they've been going after Trump for for four years with the Russia, they're doing themselves. Um, and it's just like um, what's hidden in darkness uh, will come out in the light. And, uh, but you know, supposedly Trump's a believer. We talked about that before. But right. let's just say for a moment he's not. He's a good man doing the will of the people, uh, trying to live, uh, be a righteous a president doing the right thing. So I think God honors that. And people who come against people like that, that are evil, like you spoke of, the very thing that they say he's doing, they're doing, and God exposes it. And if you noticed, almost everything that the Democrats have thrown at Trump has backfired and come back on them. Uh-huh. And it's exactly what they've been doing. They say he's been doing. Right? I know uh, there's the been a... Thing is, backfired exactly you know that's backwards yeah you know you were asking whether he was a believer or not um or just a good person uh trump um within the last week here or two uh he was at a rally talking and you know someone had said that you know he that he was the uh trump was the greatest uh greatest in the world or whatever and uh Trump kind of stopped him and basically, I'm, I'm not saying this verbatim, but he said, no, there's one actually greater than me. Uh, it's Jesus, you know. Yeah. You pointed to this guy and he, that's on that's on film. You can you can see that. So um, he's done wow. stuff like that multiple times over and over again, mm-hmm. um, even though he's, you know, you know, he's he's rough around the edges. Uh, you know, he hasn't lived a life of, you know what we would consider um, saintly, <laughs> saintly. But here's the deal, guys, everybody, you know, condemning this man. When this yeah. all this stuff comes out, uh, uh, what these elites have been doing, Trump is going to look like a saint. Right. In contrast to them. So just despite yeah. him being a, you know, you know, a, a playboy billionaire, billionaire all his life, um, you know, he's not, um, He's not in league with what these people have been doing, which is even far worse. Right. So, right. And yeah. 
And everybody uh, deserves a chance for uh, repentance and redemption. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I, know yeah, I yeah. see it. I see it all the time. Um, you know, you can you can be seventy years old and not grown up. There's there's a lot of us our our age. You know, I'm, and I'm talking about Brian and me. You know that uh, when we were going to high school, you know, or well, not junior high, but high school. Um, you know, we knew a lot of people that partied, and we might have even partied a little ourselves. And But there came a time when, you know, you turned 20, and then you realize, well, that's not really the lifestyle I want to live. And then you become 30, and you start getting involved with family and stuff like that. And then you become 40, and that's when you're approaching middle age, you know, and then, and then you mature even further. And uh, most people, I should say. Um Brian and I inclusive on this. Um, yeah. And you too, Eric, you know, but, uh, you know, being that we're in our 60s, it's, uh, you know, I'm going by those standards. And then, you know, you, you get into your 50s and, and then you look back at your at your 20s and you're going, was that really me? You know, and uh, and then you get into your 60s and you're and when your teen years seem like they were lived by another person. It's it's really weird. Mm. Yeah, you change um, over the course of time. Yeah, you grow up, and yeah. and yeah. and I see so many people anymore that, you know, I see people that are in their sixties that are still advocating for smoking marijuana. It's like, my goodness, why don't you grow up for goodness' sake? I mean, unless you're using it for health reasons, you know, that's another story. But um, <coughs> but grow up for goodness sakes, you know you don't need to. Yeah, it was good. It was cool to uh, to drink a six pack of beer when you got home from work in your twenties. But now you're sixty years old. Grow up for goodness sakes, you know. You're not a kid anymore, and and your yeah, body's some starts, people that. Ne- yeah, uh, there's some people that never grow up. You know, yeah. it seems like. You know. And your and the body starts showing signs of wear and tear. Trust me. Oh yeah. <laughs> it does. Oh yeah. yeah. Now we're yeah, you know, even people that are even much older that, you know, excessively drink or something like that, you know, I I don't know how you do that, you know. Um, uh-huh. You know, even if you were you know, young and you partied a little bit or whatever, you know, you always kind of pay the price for that a little bit. But as you got, got a little older, you know, that, that doesn't work so well. <laughs> so you start kind of listening to your body and like, yeah, that's, that's not for me anymore. So uh-huh. Uh-huh. time to grow up. yeah that's true somebody posted here uh somebody very close to me (laughs) that the rebellion is on the rise so it seems like you know everybody's seeing it um uh you know the uh uh, you know i don't i don't know if if they're they're writing as much down in california as they are um up here but you know portland is a is a freak show it always has been and um it's funny because with other things that are going on right now, you don't hear about the freak show as much except uh, through uh, one or two news outlets up in Portland. Well, I you heard know. there's still chaos going on up there, but they just kind of don't report it anymore. They just yeah. let it go on. Well, it's become the norm. You know, it's become the norm for, for uh, Antifa to destroy stuff up there. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, it's... <laughs> The mayor up there is, you know, uh, I can't use that phrase, sorry. Um, but, you know, he's he's worthless. Let's just put it that way. And, I just don't know how you could be a, be a business there and want to stay there. Well, a lot of them are be, leaving. 
Yeah. Well, they have to be. They have to yeah. be. This, I mean, it's it's totally insane. I mean, why would you, why would you locate there? If, you know, if the, the government won't even, uh, you know, do law and order, it's just complete chaos. Well, you know, something is wrong when, when um, Antifa goes to the apartment condo complex where the mayor lives and starts breaking out windows. And the mayor calms him down, and then the mayor says, "Well, that's it. I'm moving." You know, it's yeah, like, I know, right? It's like, you know, why don't you stay there and fight? You know, you lily-livered person. Well, as soon as their places is damaged or, or set on fire, then you know, oh, now it has to stop. You know, because yeah. it affects them. But you know, as long as it's, you know, anybody else, uh, then you know, mm-hmm. have at it. You know, that's just the hypocrisy of it all. Yeah. Yep. And you know, uh, for, for many decades, I think America has been asleep. Or this left wing attack that we have going on with our country didn't happen overnight. It started in the sixties, actually late fifties, but it really took steam in the sixties in our universities and colleges. Right. And so we used to ignore these people. Uh, you know, when they when they get out of high when they get out of the universities and they get a job and get married and have a few kids, then you know they'll change and be more conservative or more you know sanely, but uh-huh. it it hasn't it hasn't happened. It's actually it's gotten worse. Um, George Soros's and the different uh, you know people have gotten in there are funding groups in these colleges and universities, and so you're getting all these radical rich kids that. Mama and daddy are paying for everything and they're believing the lies of these professors. And then they get into positions of power uh, right. through me- media and uh, uh, political or whatever or newspapers. And then they, um, you know, they project their propaganda, you know. Yeah. Well, Brian. Right. And, no- and nobody, has, nobody stopped them. And exactly. now this is what you get for 40 years of ignoring What's going on in our schools? And now it's in the, it starts in kindergarten and preschool. It's starting in preschool uh-huh. and kindergarten. And this brainwashing that America is bad, that America is racist, that America is this, America is that. And uh-huh. the, the, the public schools down here are horrible. I mean, my son's in the public school during the virtual learning, and he's in English honors. And the first book that he had to read was why girls have big hips. That was the book. Okay. And the second book is um, the the second book he just finished for this was the hate that you give. Huh. And uh, yeah, and this is this is L.A. County. This is you know the large. We're not in the actual L.A. Um, city, but we're in the county. And this is what's being pushed out there. And by the time we get in the universities. They're already kind of brainwashed. Yeah. Uh, my son, my son Liam is 14 and a half, almost, yeah, almost 15. And he's the only one of about 10 or 15 of his friends that um, are for Trump. Uh-huh. The other kids say, the other kids are like just uh, myo birds from their parents. Trump's crazy. Trump's a racist. Trump's this, Trump's that. And then he talks to them and he knows the facts because he listens to me and listens I actually listened to talk radio with him in the car with Rush uh-huh. and on Hannity, and he goes back and starts giving them facts. Well, what, what did he do that's racist? And they can't answer. 
Right. And so I guess my point is what's happening now took 40 years to happen. And now we're seeing the fruits of it. So in the same way, winning this election is just the beginning. If the Lord doesn't come back, let's say for 40 years, I don't think it's going to be that long, but let's just say it's got to be reversed. We got to start teaching our kids the Constitution, American government. They don't even teach American government in high school anymore. I believe and, that. Yep. I true. know. So, yep. and so what I'm saying is this, this, we have to go win, not just winning elections. We have to start, we have to change our school system. We need to defund these public schools that are teaching this. Right. But they I, have to take control of the public education and uh, either yeah. uh, decentralize it from the federal level back to the state level. That would help quite a bit, yeah. I think. Um, yes. There are a number of things that have to be um, changed. Um, but anyways, sorry, I didn't mean to go off on that tangent. But um, no. yeah, it's uh, it starts it starts in the public schools. Um, uh, my my well, my kids go to a kind of a private Christian school thing, so they they haven't been subjugated to this kind of stuff. But you know, uh, I sacrifice a lot financially um, to, to kind of keep them out of the public schools in general, just so that they don't face that type of indoctrination. Um, right. But it's tough. It's hard. It's really hard. And, you know, it's a hard line to draw because, you know, I, being a kid, I went to a public school, but a lot of the kids I grew up with, you know, I grew up in an Italian neighborhood and they would go to Catholic school and, you know, yep. they would come back and talk about how the nuns would hit them over the knuckles with rulers and <laughs> and, and stuff like that. And, oh, yeah. and so, so. You know, they were teaching us. Well, actually, I had a pretty good education because they taught us about the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, told us, taught us how to sing some of the, you know, it's a grand old flag and, and stuff like that. So well, public school was very much different, you know, very different back then, you know, generationally. It was, it yeah. Now. It was. And, and so, but, you know, there were bad schools back then. There were. And, um, and so, uh, on one hand, you had, you had bad schools te indoctrinating them in, in the communist way, you know, uh, and I'm talking about in a deep inner cities back then. It wasn't in the suburbs uh, or outside the inner cities. But um, and then but then you, on the other hand, you had the nuns that were crack cracking kids over the knuckles. And, and that didn't work out very well either, because, uh, it, you know, it, it taught that, uh, you know, I don't see a God of love in that. You know, I really don't. I, I see a God of uh, strictness, uh, a God of vengeance, uh, you know, that they were teaching the, the Catholic kids. And um, and uh, so it's, you know, there's there, there's a middle road that you can go down that where you can teach the kids what's right, what's wrong and not beat them into it and not submit them to uh, treasonous kind of teaching like they like they're doing in schools nowadays you know um i knew a, a family that was sending their kids to a, a school down in eugene and um and the some of the stories i heard you know um you know it was it was a i used to call it the hippie school <laughs> um and uh i remember one time i went there and um and you know they were serving uh if, if they served anything during an event, it was all natural stuff, you know. And I remember biting into what looked like a brownie and finding a long brown hair in it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is a hippie school. Um, and, and if you did not 
uh, kowtow to their demands. In other words, let's just say your kid got there five minutes late. He had to sit out in this breezeway that was open to any Tom, Dick, or Harry that wanted to come down there and snatch them. Uh, they had to sit out there until this circle activity was over with. You know, and we know the new age and we know what circles mean in the new age, you know, the Ouroboros and stuff like that. So, you know, being late might not have been a bad idea. But uh, anyway, uh, so I remember, you know, being there and seeing this kid out there and, and going, my goodness, you know. And so I just kind of stood there and and I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm just going to stand there and let this kid into class, you know, because I don't want um, some some guy you know, maybe knowing that that's what they do to kids there. And then all of a sudden the kid disappears, you know, and, um, we, we've done that. Uh, Barbara and I have done that a couple of occasions in, uh, in a Walmart, um, where, you know, the mother tells the kid, wait here by the cash registers. I'm going to the bathroom. We're standing there and, and I look down and there's a Bubba that must weigh about 350 pounds and with coveralls eyeing this kid up. You know, and I told Barbara, I says, you know, I says, can we just stay here? And she agreed, you know, we're just going to stay here and watch over this little boy. You know, I think he was probably about six or seven, maybe eight. And uh, so anyway, I was staring the guy down. I was like, yeah, you come over and try to touch this kid. and I'm going to lay you out like you've never seen. And uh, he he saw me looking at him and uh, he, he split. He left. And then the mother came out and I, you know, I said, you know, we stayed here and watched your little boy because there was some guy eyeing him, you know, and, and I said, you know, you're, we, we don't want to tell you what to do, but you know, you, you might want to leave him with, uh, with the cashier or something, you know, until you're done in the bathroom or whatever. And at that age, you don't want to take him into the woman's room. Um, but, uh, there, there has to be a solution that you can, you can, you know, follow in order that you don't come out and your kid's gone. And that happened a couple of times in that Walmart, actually, uh, different uh, predators, I think. But um, uh, so there's, you know, I get it. I get it. There's a lot of things that parents have to worry about nowadays that we didn't, our parents didn't necessarily have to worry about. Uh, to, they did to some degree, you know, but um, uh, so it's, it takes not only being a regular parent, but being a, a very cautious and 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 uh, uh, almost uh, over cautious parent uh, these days, in order to to keep your kids safe. So you know, you don't want them walking to school. So you, you know, you drive them to school. I totally understand that. You know, um, because kids will always. You know, you'll send two kids together to school, and on the way back, one of them will say, "Well, I'm going to take the shortcut," and the other one says, "I'm not going to." And one of them ends up missing, you know. Um, so you can't you can't trust two kids that you know are younger to to um, abide by the rules of caution, because that just doesn't work. Um, so you know you have to constantly be thinking. And it it man, I can only imagine how hard it is to be a parent these days, you know, and to take all these things into effect, you know. Uh, we have family gatherings, you know, and one of the kids has to go to the bathroom. We always send an older kid, and one of us always watches the bathroom, you know, and because uh, you never know what's going to happen, you know. We, <laughs> especially if it's down in Eugene, where half the population is Michigana, uh, you know, uh, we uh, 
we were at a birthday party one time. We had this kid or this guy. He was must have been in his 40s. Decided to join our party. Uh, he was eating our pizza and everything else. You know, <laughs> finally, uh, <laughs> finally, our our son-in-law had to say, you know, hey, uh, you know, this isn't your party. You're not welcome here. And he tried to do that through for other people, and then he had to finally call the cops, and they they told him to move on, because God forbid you arrest anybody in Eugene, you know. But uh, go ahead. Dave, I have to ask. I have to ask you. You use the term mashugana. I'm not really familiar with that uh, that terminology. What it's is a, that? It's it's Yiddish for crazy person. Okay. All right. Basically, gotcha. yeah. Okay. So, Thank you yeah. for the education. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. One of these days, I'll give you a call, and we'll go through a lot of the Yiddish words. Okay. Uh, there's some really good ones, and you can say them, and people don't know what you're talking about. You can get away with a lot more <laughs> than you can if you use English. I, I, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, um, so fellas, I, you know, let's see. When do we vote? Today's the 26th, so we have another radio show before we vote, right? Yeah, the day before. Uh, yeah. The day before, yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so maybe we can address it some more. But, um, you know, one thing I would like to encourage people to do is, um, is, uh, and I hate to say this, but don't trust the U.S. Postal Service. Um, if you're going to send your ballot in, either bring it in or have somebody else bring it in to, for you. Um, if you're going to go that route, if you're going to vote in person, then, you know, you're okay, but, or hopefully anyway, but, um, uh, you, uh, you know, you're taking a chance. Uh, you know, there's been so many reports, uh, uh, from New Jersey all the way to, to the West Coast of postal workers throwing things out. I think, I, I think they do that anyway sometimes. Um, but, uh, uh, specifically now when, when the ballots are so important, um, um, I think that there are actually, um, uh, what is it, apps on the phone. I know I've got an app that I can scan barcodes with, and it tells me what the barcode says. I don't know if that's valid with um, with the ballots, the barcode on the back of a ballot. But um, I'm sure that they have something that they, they can read what you are or who you are. And if they uh, decide to, they could um, throw your ballot out, and then your vote doesn't count. So if you can – just be very careful about what you do, folks. You know, if, if you can bring it into the elections office, um, if you have, if you put them in mailboxes, I mean, not mailboxes, but um, boxes, elect, elections boxes, they have them here in Oregon all over the place. Just be aware that uh, back in 2016, one of them was broken into and all the ballots were stolen um, about 30 miles south of here. Um so you're, it's not even safe in those things, even though, you know, that's technically U.S. mail and it shouldn't be tampered with. I don't think anything was ever done about it. So, uh, you know, let's, let's be wise as serpents, but gentle as doves and, and think that, mm-hmm. uh, think the worst case scenario, but expect the best, I think is what I'm trying to say. And if you think that what the worst case scenario could be and you guard against it, then you won't fall for it. And, uh, so if you're going to mail it in, Bring it in if you can at all, or get a group of people, get a bunch of neighbors together. One of them will bring them in for you, you know, and, and drop them off at the elections office because this is uh, an election that is uh, very important. Like President Trump said, it's going to decide whether we we stay uh, the United States or we become something else. 
And uh, I don't want to become something else. And I know that you listeners and, and you guys, um, Eric and, and Brian, you don't want our nation to become something else. No. Um, so I like it the way it is, and I'd like to see it stay the way it is uh, or get be, even get better. That would be nice. Yep. But, um, yep. Um, so, you know, just be careful this this election season and um, yeah. and uh, just, uh, you know, let's march on to victory and know that we're going to have a victory. Um, and don't trust the polls. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't trust the polls. Yeah. Yeah. Down here in California, they uh, last week I think it was, uh, someone set one of those uh, drop-off mailboxes on fire. See, so they actually just torched it from they just dropped something in there and burned them all up. It was like three hundred or four hundred ballots burned up. Yep. See, there you go. There's another yeah. thing that happens. Yeah. So. Yeah, you're totally right about that. Yeah. Yeah. Best to show up um, on election day. Yeah, and a yeah. lot of states are voting early. I saw people voting at voting booths today at the courthouse in Lynn County. So you know, you know, what's interesting about that early voting thing is um, after the last um, debate uh, between Trump and Biden, um, the most searched thing on Google was, "Can I change my vote uh, after voting?" Really? <laughs> I, think so. I, think, I think I think people had a ch- I think they had a change of heart. After, their, after after that last debate, um, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's why you, you almost that's that's why you shouldn't vote too early before the the election. Yeah. Um, but that's uh, too bad. But well, you is. know, as far as I'm concerned, especially with the military voting for those overseas, those should be taken by military guard right to the elections office, not trusted to the mail. I agree. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, that's that's military business and uh, it's being done by military members and it should be conducted by the military and dropped off by the military. So if it's not happening this year, military, do it next time um, because yeah. uh, so much is at stake. And let's remember what happened to the Roman Empire that uh, and, I'm, and one thing I'm glad that Trump has the backing of the uh, most of the military, as far as I know. And um, and a lot of the police, I mean, even the New York City Police Union is endorsing Trump. Yeah, um, pretty much all the, all the unions are. Uh, so the police, by the majority, are backing um, Trump. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the Nero. Yeah, I guess. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Dave. I was going to say. No, I just. <laughs> I'm going to shut up. You go ahead. <laughs> no, uh, age, age before beauty. Go ahead, Dave. Ooh, you're older than I am. <laughs> I guess I am. That's right. I am. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was just going to say that, you know, even the Caesars were smart enough to know that if they turned against the military and in any way, that the military wouldn't back them. So if there was going to be a, a coup against the Caesar, um, it usually was against the Caesar who did not back the military. And, um, it would be a valuable lesson for people to study history in that regard, because the uh, the military is um, <laughs> if, if push came down to shove, you know, and, and you know, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if it's a, a coup attempt did occur against Trump, uh, the chances are that it would fail vastly because the military is so much more behind him than than any anybody else, and um, 
So Trump is very smart when it comes to that. He's got the police and the military backing him up. So it's, you know, that's a win-win situation. Go ahead, Brian. No, I was just going to mention you guys probably already know this, but over 50 million people have already voted in this last week or two. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's going to be historic um, in terms of turnout. So. Yeah, well, yeah. hopefully it, it would be nice. You don't have too much to worry about, Eric, but hopefully California and Oregon would turn around. Uh, it would be great to see this, ta- this state turn red and to send Kate Brown packing. And I know you feel the same about Gavin Newsom and all of his henchmen hench- down there, too. Um, yeah. So it's uh, to see to see them, you know, whimpering and crying as they're walking down the state capitol stairs would uh, would just immensely make me happy. Um, it's uh, it, the state has been communist for long enough. It's time for it to turn um, into a republic or part of the republic again. And um, and the same with California and Washington too. If you're listening up there, I know we have a listener bob that lives up in vancouver and uh, i know that he's hoping for the same thing in washington so um it would be nice to see the the west coast turn red <laughs> so well fellas yeah. we've, we've got four or less than four minutes about three minutes until we've reached the two-hour mark so um is there anything else anybody wants to bring up or no no i'm we've covered a lot tonight yeah, we have, huh? It's been a good, a good yeah. show. I'm going to call Russ and see if we can get Russ, um, on for next week or the week after. And maybe we can do a makeup show for, uh, for the debacle that happened last week. Um, uh, which I, you know, I, I will be very careful not to let ever happen again. So, um, Anyway, guys, I want you to know it's been a pleasure being with you and, and talking with you and to the audience because we've had two or three people writing to us. And uh, thank you, uh, listeners, for writing. And uh, one of these days, and I promise you, one of these days, uh, we will get it to where you can call in. And, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just uh, work on that and see how that goes. But uh, anyway, uh you guys have a wonderful week, uh, Brian and, and uh, Eric. And uh, yes, like uh, Windsong says, may God keep our country as safe and peaceful as possible in the upcoming weeks. Amen and amen. Uh, so uh, go in peace, you guys, and the audience, you go in peace. And, uh, and uh, keep in prayer about next week, uh, next Tuesday, because it's going to be a very interesting um, day and, and the weeks that follow afterwards are going to be very interesting and uh, we'll need a lot of prayer too. So, okay. All well, right. God bless y'all. All you right. Too. Have a good night, Dave. Have a good night, guys. You Bye-bye. too, guys. Okay. Good night.